Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. They're playing basketball. Uh, all around the we world. Are the best uh, uh, to the beach, you When the game is on, I like slam dunk to take me to the hoop. Yeah. My favorite play is the alley oop. Uh-huh. I like the pick and roll. I like the give and go. Oh. And it's basketball. Bow wow, wow, let's go. Welcome to the Get In Podcast, presented by 4th and Dude, brought to you by EagleInsider.com and Armchair Media, Emergency Hoops episode. After a long seven years and just 26 ACC wins to show for it, Jim Christian was finally relieved of his duties this week as the head coach of the Boston College men's basketball program. On today's special edition episode, we are excited to have stadium college basketball analyst and current public enemy number one, Jeff Goodman, live in studio, where we'll discuss the national media's insane overreaction to the midseason firing, what has gone wrong with BC Hoops the past decade, and who is the right guy to rebuild this once-proud basketball program. Matt, our long national nightmare is finally over. I truly never thought we'd see the end of the Jim Christian era on the Heights, but a new dawn is approaching, and frankly, I'm excited to win some basketball games again. Huge episode today, like you said, really excited to have a good conversation with Jeff. But before we get to everything, a quick word from our sponsors. Matt, new sponsor this week. And here's a pun. It's more like fourth and shoes, folks. Uh, From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you so you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. Quick side note, I, there was a lot of big words there and I kind of went through that very nicely. So a little credit to me. Sorry, and for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on your sneakers, $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money for even more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. And matter friends at Bet Online are back. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college hoops, and the NHL are in full swing. 
BetOnline even covers award shows, reality TV. I'm going to get so rich once Survivor comes back. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And get this, it is free to sign up. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your sportsbook experts. Matt, let's let's not waste any more time. I think we've got a lot to cover with Jeff and, and really looking forward to uh, hopefully, you know, maybe making a new th- friend through this process. I don't know. We're just, you know, proving him wrong at least. We'll, we'll kind of see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how, uh, you know, how aggressive Jeff wants to be in, in defending his incorrect position. Um, we haven't really had a dialogue off to the side yet, so this could go anywhere. It could fly off the rails pretty quickly. He might hang up on us. He might not show. We don't know. We don't know yet. We have yet. no idea. No um, way of knowing. Which... That's what you get with the fourth and dude guys. Well, you know, we're doing it live, right? So, um, but yeah, obviously everyone else you've been living under a rock, you know, we've been calling for Jim Christian to be terminated for, uh, I don't know, the last four years, at least maybe five years. Um, and finally, after seven years and, you know, like everyone's saying, great guy, nicest guy, just was not a fit from the beginning here. Um, and his tenure has finally come uh, to an end after, after those seven years. So, we're onwards and upwards. We're looking forward to, to who's coming in next and, and hopefully, you know, starting to give a shit about BC basketball for the first time in about a decade. Yeah, I absolutely love it. So looking forward to this conversation. And with that, let's get into the interview with Jeff Goodman. So we are very excited to welcome Jeff Goodman from Stadium into the Bet Online Fourth and Dude studio today. It's been a, a wild week for BC Twitter. A lot of passion and firepower on, on both sides of the debate. But Jeff, really appreciate you backing up your words and, and joining us today. So so thanks for chatting with us. Uh, no problem. No problem. Glad to be on. And, uh, you know, job searches, they're fun. I've, I've done so many of these and uh, I'm kind of tired of them now. I used to love them. Like I used to get like invigorated by them and like trying to break it and working the whole time. And now I'm like, I don't know. Like I like it, but, but you know, it, I don't know. It, it, it definitely it takes a lot out of you. The people that have never covered them before will tell me, like if they work for newspapers and they get one and then they're done with it, they'll be like, man, exhausting. And they and they can be. We love the searches. We're, so we're primarily football guys because there, has, there hasn't really been much to focus on the basketball side. We want to be basketball fans, but it's it's been tough, obviously, for BC fans. Before we get too deep into it, sure. is there anything you'd like to say to the 22 Boston College fans that are out there? Maybe an apology. We just want to measure, you know, how contentious this conversation is going to be. So, you know, take the next couple of minutes. What would you like to say? That to well, I, I ramped it up there. to 28. I ramped That's, it all the way up to 28. I appreciate minutes. it. Much appreciated. Big expansion there. Um, listen, I obviously I was joking, but um, the BC basketball fan base has not exactly been uh, a hefty one over the last 10 years or so. And, you know, the, the hard part I still have is, the Al Skinner apologists, and, and they're out there. They are absolutely out there. These people that are like, Al never should have been fired. Well, Bob, Bob Ryan and I were the two people that basically wrote he should have been fired. And the problem isn't, to me, I, I don't think Al Skinner should have been the coach. It was going downhill, mm-hmm. right? They lost Cooley and Cohen had been the guys. Right. And, and like Pat Duquette did a solid job recruiting too, but it was really Cooley and Cohen had been unbelievable. And Al can develop players. He can. He's good at that. But ultimately, we saw where this thing was headed the last few years. He went to the tournament once in the last three years. The problem wasn't getting rid of Al. The problem was shitty hirings after that. 
shitty hirings after that. That was the problem is Steve Donahue, horrible hire by, by Gene. To me, Jim Christian, not a good hire. Now, again, I'll, I'll still say it, and people can hammer me for it if you want because he hasn't had success this year or last year is Mike Hopkins, right? He's been bad at Washington the last couple of years, but Hop was the right guy for the job at the time. He's got super, like, energy. He is so connected in the Northeast. Every prep school coach loves him. So he would have gotten talent. He's 3,000 miles away now. He got a couple good players last year. Doesn't really have a point guard. Hasn't had a point guard. I, I still think Hop was the right guy. And I'm not saying he would have had him in the tournament every year, but I think they would have been, I think they would have been in the tournament at least once or twice in these in these last couple of years. Yeah, I mean the funny thing is if you think back to that coach, the the original coaching search that the landed us with Jim Christian, Hop was by far and away, I would say, Matt, and tell me if you disagree, the guy that the message boards and the you know Twitter was all about. And I'll say from a fan's perspective, 98% of the time, the message boards and Twitter get it completely wrong. Uh, but it does seem like we were onto something there. Uh, so obviously there, there's, you know, a disconnect, I would say, between the national media and the, and the BC fan base on the midseason firing. I think that was really the point of contention because I think everyone agrees that, you know, we're, we're pretty unanimous that his time had come to an end and it was time to move on. So it I, really I our position was that, I'm, I'm not defending yeah. Jim Christian. Like that's right. where I think this right. is taken wrong. I have never... If you followed me, I have hammered Jim Christian over and over and over right. for so, years. So, so for <laughs> years, he's not the yeah. right guy. Like Spinelli's not any good. Like, like he, I don't think he's that good. Now he did recruit a couple good good guards, but there's a reason Scott Spinelli left Maryland to go to BC. Okay, like you don't need Maryland to go to BC. No yeah, offense, and we've we've heard we've heard we've heard a lot of the same there from from some inside sources yeah. as well. Again, great recruiter, great guy. But, you know, really, I guess, again, so it's unanimous that yep. he's gone. And I think that really everyone on any side of the debate agrees with that. 100%. I guess our point is that, you know, again, he's had seven years. He was really given a, a mercy year this year because of COVID. Totally. Uh, what what difference does does three weeks really make? The team's performance has been an abomination. I mean, at this point. They might not play another game, period, because of their their COVID issues. So, you know, why wait the, those extra three weeks when there are obvious advantages to starting this process early and, and reaching out to guys who are, are not currently those. in a position? You can still do all that behind the scenes. You're not talking to, uh, give me an example, Porter Moser anyway. Like, Porter Moser's not talking to, to you today. But you know who is? John Beeline. Jordan Bajan. Jordan Bajan, Porter's agent. So you don't have, honestly... You can do all the stuff behind the scenes. And to me, it's it's about the, the kids at this point. In the middle of a fucking pandemic, to fire a guy with three weeks left when you can get all the shit done you want behind the scenes, there's just no reason for it. And, and again, listen, it, it's bad enough. And this, for me, stems back two weeks ago when you were going to force them to play with four scholarship players. That's complete bullshit. Complete bullshit. I don't know Patrick Kraft. I've heard he's a great guy. Like, people love him. Absolutely love him. So, for me, again, most people are, are, are again, aren't going to take a shot at, at, at a guy like Patrick Kraft. I mean, a lot of reporters aren't because they, they want the information. They want the scoop, this, that. I'm just going to say it the way it is. And to me, again, I just feel like you could have waited three weeks and gotten everything that you're getting done now. You could have gotten it all done behind the scenes. All here's of here's a counter argument. You don't think that guys such as yourself that are well connected and hear everything. You don't think a story would have leaked out that said Pat Kraft has already reached out to you know John Beeline or whoever, right? 
And it's the agents. Okay, sure. But he's like, already what? done it. Guys, he's already been doing it. That's what, my take is he already met a high profile agent for lunch or, or, or out in Boston a couple weeks ago. I know this. Who cares? It happens all the time. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It doesn't matter. He could have gotten it all done. Okay, fair enough. There are other other advantages as well. I know you laughed when you said, you know, Spinelli getting the interim tag is meaningless. I think Spinelli will likely get an interview, right? So wouldn't it be, we know that these last six <laughs> might, games. Honestly. Hold on, hold on. Oh my God. We know that oh these last God. six games are a waste no matter what. Why don't we see what happens with the team, how they react to a, you know, a new coach and see who's worth keeping. And just, just there's no sense in playing it under Jim Christian. We've been doing it for 6.9 years. What, what's the difference? Why do we have to go the full seven? It, it, to me, it doesn't matter. Because if the kids want that, if the kids that are in the middle of a pandemic want that, then you do it for them. that. That's my take at this point. Leave it up to the kids or go into Jim Christian and say, hey, Jim, here's the deal. And Jim Christian has known all year he was going to be fired anyway, unless he got to the NCAA tournament. He was gone. Mm-hmm. He was gone. He knew that. So you didn't even have to tell him. But all you had to do with, if you're Pat Kraft is go into Jim Christian and say, hey, Jim, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you today that after the season, you're going to be gone. You have the option. Either you can go out right now if you want, or, you know, you coach the rest of the year, or you can leave today. It's your call. We're leaving it up to you because we want to make sure you and the players. Yeah, I've, so I've got two, I've got two major, major counter arguments, so to speak. So the first is, and, and I know that the Fordham situation is 100% different, but your point to that was if there's an off the court issue, right. you know, and there that might have been things. one, guys. That's that broke, exactly. When that broke, I thought I had gotten a lot of information at that point that there was an incident that had happened in film. So I couldn't put myself out there and say, again, how could he do it? How could he fire him when I thought there might be a chance that Jeff Neubauer had done something to trigger it? That's all. Sure. So, I mean, if you look at really how this, how, how BC hoops have, have handled as a program COVID this year and, Obviously, there are a thousand outside factors and you can't control, you know, 12 kids plus God knows how many staffers. But at the end of the day, like a corporation or anything, I mean, Jim, the, the blame does fall on Jim Christian's feet. We have not had a full roster since November. Of course, the FSU thing was a debacle and, and who knows what those conversations look like, you know, behind the scenes. But I guess the point is, it's not like, you know, he was Jeff Halfley and he had, you know, five months of clean basketball. And yeah, they didn't win a game, but, you know, they had everyone healthy and, and doing the right things and buying in. It seems like not only from the encore performance, you know, but also from the, I would say, personal kind of COVID side of it, that the players, frankly, didn't really have a buy-in at this point either. So you do have to say, you know, almost where there's smoke, there's fire. This wasn't, hey, you did everything right, Jim. Appreciate your service. You know, by the way, we're going to fire you with three weeks to go. The second piece I'll say is that at the end of the day, you know, all of these decisions, when you think about it as a, as a business model, the, the fans are, are really the customers and really were the ones who are ultimately serviced by these decisions. And, you know, again, Matt, I can say, you know, you and I, uh, you know, two very passionate BC people have just frankly been turned off from this program over the last few years. So, you know, if doing this now and just pulling the plug is enough to even get a single person, you know, bought back in, then I think there's a, a benefit to that. And and I'd be interested to hear your perspective on, you know, the the fact that, it, do you see in, in the optics and whether agents and coaches look at this and say this is terrible? And, you know, Tony Bennett, you know, from his you know ivory tower was saying this is BS. It, does this in any way change the perspective of a potential hire? Someone again, Porter Moser, is this a job he would have taken had we waited till the end of the year? But now he would not. It's not going to matter. 
it's not going right. to matter for 99 out of 100 coaches. This, this right. not, If they want the job, they're going to take the job. They're not going to say, well, Pat Kraft fired Jim Christian with three weeks left in the, in the regular season. Oh, my God, I don't trust them. I can't take this job. No, that is not going to have any, any bearing, in my opinion, uh, whatsoever. Um, Howard Isley will take this job anyway, right? We know that. I, I don't know if he gets it. My, my gut says I don't think he gets it. At the end of the day, I think they'll go with somebody that probably had has head coaching experience. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we're still early. There's a lot of candidates. There's a lot of people. And, and I don't mean to, I think I probably skirted or for, forgot to answer your first part of that question, which I forgot. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's basically, that's basically, I guess, my point is yeah. that, again, if we're really doing this for the fans, this is going to have no impact on who actually is yeah. is hired at the end of the day. So all this does, yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to frustrate people who know Jim well or, or who have, you know, enjoy the guy. Because, again, also not up for debate is the fact that he's a, a great guy yep. across the nice, board. Nice guy, Jim Christian. Shout out to uh, Titus and Tate. It's an inside joke. But, <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's exactly. I haven't talked to Jim. Just so you guys know, the only times I've talked to Jim Christian in the last two years are hosting the Coach's First Cancer event I do every single year in September. Those are the only times. It's not like. Like, it's funny, it came out there when I defended him, people tweeting at me like, you're defending your boy. I'm like, no, no, Jim Christian <laughs> hates me. He hates me. I'm telling you, ask Jim Christian what he thinks of me. I have killed him for six of the seven years. Maybe not six, maybe the last five. Maybe the last five. At first, I thought maybe he'd have a, not a chance, but I thought, like, I like Jim Christian. He's a good ball coach. Who knows? They get caught. When I saw Jerome Robinson – that first practice, I was like, all right, like they got a player here. He's hit on a couple recruits. Unfortunately, that's been uh, that's been the exception to the rule, right? And I think that if, if I'm a coaching candidate, I'm gonna look at the seven years of patience that this administration had at you know, looking at a winning percentage in the ACC. Was it below two hundred? Like it, it was absurd. It's, not, it's yeah, it's lower than Mark Bellhorn's batting average, that's, if my numbers are correct. That's right. And uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna see it as a job that if I'm in it, and Mark Schmidt's my personal guy, I think everything he's doing at St. Bonaventure is exactly what this program needed, um, or what BC needs is pretty much where the Bonnies were at, you know, 15 years ago. I, I really like their style of play. If Schmidt's up for it, I think that's the guy, someone that's done it before, both at Robert Morris and with the Bonnies. And, um, you know, it's, this team needs a, they, they need an identity, as simple as that. And I, I don't know what Isley's philosophy would be necessarily, but before we get to the candidates themselves, what, you talked about Skidder for a little bit, and I've been a fan since the Troy Bell days, and it's really tough to go from that de- that, that decade to then, you know, go, being an undergrad from 2009 to 2013, and now this past, you know, decade of BC Hoops. What, in your opinion, and obviously the facilities, the geography, all that stuff is, is somewhat, you know, overblown, in my opinion, by the media a little bit. What, what do you think the primary issue has been, you know, holding this program back? Uh, what's been the biggest issue in your mind the last 10 years, obviously, besides the coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think coaching staffs has been important. Um, not as much, you know, it's a combination of the head coach and, and the assistant coaches. I, I think you've got to find a way to get people excited. And neither neither guy were that. Like Steve Donahue, first time, I'll give you a great example. First time I went out for lunch with, with Steve Donahue, we met at Cabot's in Newton, a place that I've gone to forever and ever. So we met for lunch. Um, he had just got the job. And we're talking about recruiting and whatever. And, uh, and he tells me, do you remember the kid, Caleb Tarzuski? Do you remember him? Yeah. From New yeah. Hampshire, big seven-foot kid who ended up going to Arizona over Kansas. He chose Arizona over Kansas. And, and 
Donahue said to me, I asked him about Caleb and he said, well, he really doesn't fit into my system. And I just looked at him and I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Like, you're talking about a top 50 player, a seven footer who plays his balls off. And you're going to try to tell me that he, well, then change your goddamn system, change your system for him. by dapped. Like Donahue was, again, he was an Ivy league coach. I mean, that's what he was. So the wrong hire, Jimmy Christian, again, just didn't love the hire. Like, a ball coach, but not a guy who's going to get people excited. I feel like you need a guy like Mike Hopkins, that type of personality, that is going to get people excited about Boston College basketball. He's going to knock on doors if he has to. He's going to he's going to yell and scream. And, and, and again, he's going to, with his personality, get people excited in New England. Like, come on. George Niang never should have left for Iowa State. Never. In a million years, right? You get these kids together. Get a group together. And part of it is hard because the admissions are different. They've turned down a lot of guys. They have, so not everybody can get into BC. But ultimately, I still think uh, it, it could have been better. So to me, again, you, you've got to increase, obviously, the resources. That's number one. But I think, again, guys have done – look at Chris Beard in Lubbock, Texas right now. He's in Lubbock, Texas, and he played for a national title game. It can be done. I'm not saying BC is going to play for a national title. None of us are expecting that, right? All we want to do, I'm sure you guys, and me too, I live in Boston. Nothing would make me happier than to be able to drive to a game that actually matters, right? Right? Like, I don't want to get on flights every day. I'm too old for that shit. I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to fly everywhere. I want to drive right. to a game. And, and to me, again, I, I think you got to get the right guy in here with the right staff. And if you win – Listen, it's it, it's still a pro sports town. Even when Dudley, Craig Smith had it rolling, it wasn't like it was packed for every game, guys. It wasn't. Well, no. remember, you had to wait outside, like, overnight. You had to camp overnight to get basketball tickets in, like, the, the mid-2000s. Yeah, sure. The, the, yeah, whenever Duke came. Yeah, but that's something. Now it's right. – we were the only two that were in the student section by 2013. That's that's yeah. how pro, how far the program's fallen. It's ridiculous. No, it, listen, it, it's it's not great. It's not great. But I, again, I think it, there's no reason it can't be uh, a program that is at least competing for NCAA tournament appearances. Right. We're not doing that's, top all, that's all we want. We're not even saying second weekend. Just be in the mix right now. The ACC stinks this year, and right. BC sucks. Like, what yeah. does that say? Yeah. Right. There's a lot of issues. Jeff, I, kn I know you got to run. So I guess before we let you go, would love to just get, if you could give us three names, not who you think is the, is the best fit, but three names that you think when this is all said and done, if you had to be put, you know, put your money on it, one of these three will be the head coach on the Heights next winter. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll go with like a, a Mark Schmidt. Certainly. I think uh, he can, he'll be in the mix there. Um, the guy that I like, can I tell you who I would hire? Yeah. Yeah. The guy I would hire, and this this may surprise some people. I, I don't know. It may or may not because his name hasn't been out there as heavy as some others. And I, I think I put it in my tweet. I'd hire Mike Rhodes at VCU. I'd hire Mike Rhodes. The system works. It's different, right? It's different. You're going to need a little something a little bit different at BC. He plays up tempo, obviously. Um, he he, co he can really coach. I mean, he coached at, at the Division two level. He's now got VCU back, high energy, super high energy guy. Um, so I, I think I'd look at him. I love I love Schmitty. And Schmitty's got more shit to him than people realize, too. Like, Schmitty's not some, like, old white dude with no personality. Schmitty's funny. 
He'll drink beers. I, I, he's a hell of a ball coach. But again, is he a little bit similar to Jim Christian? Maybe, you know, right. it, a little bit. All right. And then uh, third guy, who you know, I think Isley will be in the top three or five. I think he'll be there. And then who's a wild card guy that, I, you know, Porter Moser, I think he thinks he can probably get like, you know, DePaul if it opens or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I, I think Porter Moser would be uh, a guy that could be in the mix. You know, I don't think they're going to get beeline. Yeah. Unless, yeah. The only way is if nothing else opens up, guys. Like, he doesn't want this mess. He does not want to inherit this mess and spend but you know 68. But he also knows he's 68. And if he wants to coach and BC's a the, the the institution fits John Beeline. Mm -hmm. What doesn't fit John Beeline is the talent. But but you know what? In this day and age, when you can you can get transfers, right? There's going to be a million transfers next year, so you can you can load up a little bit quicker. So somebody could probably convince John Beeline that hey, you know what? You're such a damn good coach. Now the other part is, if John Beeline could bring his son with him. Pat coaching waiting. Yep. I don't know if they can get away with that with, with everything that happened at Niagara. Right. I, I don't think BC would allow that, but if they ever did, that's your best chance. If you want to get John Beeline, you find a way to bring Pappy line. Right. How about Dudley? Right. Not... <laughs> you, have you heard anything on Jared Dudley? Do you think that's in the mix? <laughs> Is that a name that has any type of, uh, have you heard anything on that? I guess. Jared hasn't called me lately. And okay. Jared was very, very interested. My phone would have rang from Jared already. Got it. Had to, ask. Had like, to ask. I think he's interested if if the Lakers or no other team gives him another job next year. I'm like, I think if he's literally sitting out doing nothing next year, and we've Jared and I have talked about that job. We've talked about it for years and and, and a staff. And you know, the problem with 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 Jared is obviously again, like he has no, no clue. He'd break every rule. Every rule. He would need some help. He would need some help, but he would be a great recruiter. Who wouldn't who wouldn't want to come play for Jared Dudley, right? Jared's the best. Jared is like my favorite kid of all time. But again, he would need a really good staff to be able to recruit, to be able to teach him, you know, the rules, what he can do, what he can't do. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I I think Jared, if he puts in the time and wants to coach, I, I think Jared will be more. I bet you he's an NBA, either an NBA assistant. Or probably more likely, he's working for ESPN next year. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that I think that makes sense. Our our, we, our sources, as I'm sure yours have as well, uh, have indicated that there's been some contact between Rhodes and, and BC. So at least there there's something going on there, and, and really same for all the names. So, Jeff, look, I, this was a great conversation. I'll tell you what, I, I uh, really enjoyed you know you taking the time to to back up your words. Uh, I think it was constructive. I, I hope yeah. that other than both the, other sides would agree. Other than the other Matt brought Spinelli's name up as a permanent. <laughs> other than that, you were great. We'll both ignore that. Awesome. We'll ignore that. No, no, no. That almost got me, uh, uh, yeah, rolling off my chair. But we'll, we'll cut that out. <laughs> um, no, well, Jeff, really appreciate it, and, and definitely we'll be, you know, keeping an eye on your uh, on your, you know, inside scoops over the coming weeks. Should be a, a fun time as always to be a BC fan. Take care, guys. Have a great weekend, and uh, let's hope uh, we can add to the twenty eight fans. In Absolutely, the coming month. <laughs> That's the goal. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate, appreciate it, Jeff. Later, guys. See ya. See ya. Thanks again to Jeff Goodman for joining us, Matt. That was a lot of fun. That was that was a better conversation than I think I I maybe anticipated. But I think we made a friend along the way, which is great. Before we 
break it all down. There was some awesome insight there, and we've got our own thoughts that we want to make sure we share. Another quick word from our presenting sponsors, eBay and Bet Online. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the speakers you purchase before they're sent to you so you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your connection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money for even more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. And Matt, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college hoops, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Well, that was awesome. Uh, big thank you to Jeff Goodman for uh, for coming on the air and and you know backing up his words. I think that was uh, I think that was a good conversation. He's no longer public enemy number one. Uh, clearly, he's just uh, he likes to mess with BC fans on Twitter. But it sounds like we're all on the same page. He wants this program to succeed just like we do. Um, so overall, I thought that went pretty well, Matt. Yeah, I would completely agree. I think our points were incredibly incredibly well received. And again, really, our main thesis here was that. You know what? If the end of the day, we ruffled a few media feathers, that just doesn't really matter. It made the fans happy, which is the ultimate customer. And it's going to have absolutely no impact, as Jeff confirmed, of who ends up coming here. No one's turning this job down because we fired him midseason. So there, there's really just no downside to this move. And I think that was ultimately our, our main point and glad we all uh, you know, ended up seeing things from the fourth and dude perspective, I think. Yeah, and this is that's like big time. Like we've had guests. That doesn't on happen before. to us often. That does not happen to us often. But we Goodman, I know you guys all hate him, but Goodman's. Uh, I think we like him now after that interview. Hopefully, he's a cool guy. He seems like you know it's just a regular dude that you know has has you know one of the better jobs in the world to get co- getting to cover uh, college sports for a living. Uh, but that was fun, and obviously he's a local guy. He's from Newton, lives in Boston, um, and some of those nuggets about the Donahue days were pretty cool, right? So it brought back uh, some bad memories, unfortunately. But yeah, it did. Shout out Steve Donahue, friend of the program. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, we don't want to drag your, you know, drag your name through the mud. Uh, but it would have been good to get that seven footer from Arizona. Uh, that would have been a nice one, two punch with him and Dennis Clifford, huh? I think they could have done something there with that height. Yeah. No, I would 100% there agree. Um, but no, look, I think we covered all the, you know, the main points. I, you know, I'll say the only thing I do want to say and for the whole midseason aspect, it it does sound like the actual mechanism of of how this firing went down was a little ugly. Uh, it sounds like he was told face to face only after the news broke via Twitter while he was in the press conference. I think slightly, Baum, Jason Baum, I believe, he slightly refuted that, but he was very political in the way it was answered. I mean, I think look at the end of the day, it, it feels like the relationship between JC and PK and the rest of the administration it was sour at best. I think the FSU debacle was an excellent. You know, example of that. So who knows where these conversations were going on? I'm sure this wasn't by any means blindsiding Christian. Um, but I will say that, you know, maybe optically that could have been handled a little better. But again, it just does not matter at the end of the day. And I think that there's been some people on Twitter who are, you know, staunchly on the hill of of this firing is going to affect who we get. And that's just in no way, shape or form the case. So I think that's reassuring uh, at a minimum. Yeah, the fact that the, the fan base, like the 22 of us, whatever, on Twitter are all saying the exact same thing, the message boards too, like this doesn't matter. The fact that it happened midseason, like 
other than some bullshit unwritten rule that the media cares about and you know the other coaches obviously they're you know they're they're gonna defend one of their own so i don't put a lot of stock into what tony bennett said i love tony bennett but that's he, a very, it was incredibly sanctimonious. He's, incredibly not, a, sanctimonious. he's not an unbiased uh, source right. uh, in, in this matter, right? So, right. yeah, I think overall, it, I think we've covered enough of this. I think it's it's time to move forward. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the, the candidates that have been put out there by all the experts. Uh, I, as I mentioned to Jeff, I, I really like the St. Bonaventure guy, Mark Schmidt. Uh, if you look back to what he's done with St. Bonaventure since I think around 2006 he was hired, the Bonnies had a really rough four years prior to Schmidt taking the job. They had a uh, an eligibility scandal, and they were only winning a couple of games per year. He immediately went in there, righted the ship, changed the culture. They started winning ball games. Obviously, he's he's a North Attleboro guy. He's a local guy. He went to BC in the eighties. Um, the style of play, like the way that he's turned around that program, I think is really cool too. It's it's a way that BC can do it. It's landing under recruited guys. I don't know if you remember Andrew Nicholson from, I don't know, 2014, 2013 in that range. But, you know, he was a two-star recruit that, that Schmidt molded into a top 20 pick in the NBA. That's that's what Skinner did. He found the diamonds in the rough. He found guys that bought in. You know, they play really, really aggressive on defense. They are aggressive on the boards. Um, they're, they're, you know, one of the top 50 ranked teams in, in Ken Palm. I'm going on and on about Schmidt because I really think there's never been more of a no-brainer fit than what he currently represents. Um, I know a lot of people say, ah, we shouldn't be going down a conference, right, to the A-10. But, like, you look at Chris Beard, you look at um, who's, who's the Virginia Tech coach, Mike Young. Like, all these guys start at lower-tier conferences. Just because the last couple that we've tried haven't worked out doesn't mean that all other conferences are off limits and we should be only doing from, you know, picking from the assistant coach pool. I really think we got we need an established guy that isn't going to take excuses, that is going to you know, implement his scheme and not take any uh, BS from the administration. And uh, so, so for all those reasons, I think Mark Schmidt's the guy. Short of beeline, I think it has to be Schmidt. Uh, but those, those, those are probably my top two at this point, Matt. Can I just say, I mean, again, look, I get it. And I know Schmidt, I love the fact that he's a BC guy. Uh, I, I do think he's done good things with the bodies. And, you know, I, I trust Goodman's basketball, you know, insight. And he seems to think that, you know, he'd be more than basically my impression of him, which is just that, a, you know, kind of an old white guy. I'm not overly impressed. And I know the record doesn't matter as much. And it's the A-10 and it's different. I'm just not overly impressed when you actually look at, you know, his his resume in the A-10. I mean, it's Two NCAA tournaments, which again, A10, the, the the bar is a little bit lower, but it's not even like he's you know created a wrecking ball in that conference. He's still, you know, last year he was fifth for if I'm going down recent seasons in the A10, fifth, fourth, second, fifth, first, seventh, ninth, eleventh. You know, it's it's not exactly like he's built. And again, the A10 is not a has nothing on the ACC. It's not a bad conference by any means, but I think that you know if you're saying, hey, here's a guy who's going to turn around an ACC program, to me that there's some questions there. I'll say with Beeline, I just think I just don't see a world in which it happens. We have it on good authority that he is good friends with our old friend Steve Donahue. So I'm sure you know even just over beers or whatever, he hasn't heard the best things about you know whether it's admissions or or working with the BC administration. I'm sure there's some some you know negative impressions that he has there. And and while he is 68, he can have any job he wants. So I, I do think that hey, I can wait a year and you know maybe something in the Big Ten will open up, but. I would love it. I just, I don't see it happening. And then the other one I just want to get in front of, Rick Patino. There is a zero <laughs> out of 10 we're chance. We're going to talk about Patino. We're going to do I, that. I, I, need, I need 10 seconds. We're going to dignify Patino. Okay. I need, I, need, I need 10 seconds uh, on Rick Patino. I, it is a zero out of 10 chance that it happens. 
and it is a 100% chance that it would inevitably be a disaster. But Matt, I would love it. You want to talk about injecting energy into this fan base? It would be a disaster and it would never happen. And, and, and we'd be in another gambling scandal within two years. But it would be so much fun for the minute the, the, the press conference happens. We'd be the talk of the basketball world. Get a couple big recruits. Flame out, you know, like a like a dying star, and it would be great. But I, I'm all on board. It would be it would be an immediate turnaround. He would use the transfer portal. He would immediately get exactly. his guys through any means necessary, paying them or, or bribing them or getting you know the whole stripper thing, whatever. Right? He, he, the guy does not take no for an answer. Um, right. Would we win? Yeah, we, we probably would win pretty quickly. We might even like by year two, we might have a, a sweet sixteen on our hands. It will probably get vacated, right? It will probably That's be fine. vacated. But who cares? It doesn't matter. You no, know what no won't get vacated? That. What's that? The memories will not get vacated. That's right. Who's his number two? Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley takes over the program. Matt, this isn't going to happen, but it's kind of an ulterior, you know, it's an ulterior universe fun. where it's a lot it's of fun, fun to talk about. It's fun. The other one I do want to talk about, Kevin Willard at Seton Hall. That's He's not rebuilt. happening either. It's not happening. I agree it's not happening. I'm, I'm going out on my wish list right okay. now. I'm not, in no way saying these are going to be who they cut. That would be, I think, my legitimate number one choice. Maybe Beeline and then Kevin Willard. If I could actually have any coach in the world – I just don't see any way. I think you have to give him a call. And I do think that, you know, obviously Seton Hall is in a much better place of a program that, than we are right now. But I think, and, and clearly it's a BC bias, but I think overall there's a bit more, you know, history, prestige, whatever, uh, with BC in the ACC than, than Seton Hall. I think in, in terms of just on paper uh, of, of, you know, what job makes more sense. And he's done a really good job re- rebuilding Seton Hall. And I'm sure that all else equal, we can pay more if at least the Halfley budget is any indication of what we're spending mm-hmm. on athletics. So that's my and, and dream, but mm-hmm. I, I don't see it happening. You make the call, right? You always make the call you have because to make the call. you saw what happened with Buzz Williams, right? You can get a coach that's, you know, at a, at a power six conference that's, you know, at a more prestigious program, right? But you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. You don't know if they've missed on a couple. Maybe you do know. But if they've missed on a couple recruiting classes, they don't get along with their AD. Maybe they're looking for a new five-year, seven-year deal if it's BC. Like, it's it's really, really attractive job security to me. I think BC is one right. of the top jobs. One, because the expectations are so low. If you do anything successful, you're going to be a godsend, right? And two, we'll give you seven-plus years to do it. And you can negotiate the crap out of that. You can say, hey, I need, I need a practice facility, right? But you need someone that's actually going to commit. And I think it's a guy like Schmidt. I hesitate. I know Isley is probably the front runner at this point. And a lot of people bl- seem to be blindly saying, "Yeah, you know, do you Isley think, makes do you sense." Think if, if, do you think if, if Vegas? I mean, Vegas probably does have odds somewhere on this. Do you think Isley is is the leader in the clubhouse? I think so. On on on, on perception, not necessarily on who you think is going to get it. I think so. Yeah, I, I'd say it's it's Isley. I I don't think Becker is really in the mix as much as people like to I want, put that I out. It's kind of, of that. It's kind of a straw man. Like, oh, here's all the reasons we shouldn't hire Becker. I really don't think Becker is in play. I mean, it doesn't make sense for us to go to to dip into that conference. Um, Bill Cohen, kind of the same thing. Although I, I do like him, and they're consistent. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of hires that wouldn't be well received. And I think if I'm Kraft, and we said this offline too, but like, you saw what happened with Halfley. Everyone right. and their brother wanted Jeff Halfley to come to Boston College. Halfley could have won two games this year, and we're still all happy because he because Jarman hired the guy that we wanted. Right. If if uh, if Kraft goes with the popular pick, I think that buys all sorts of goodwill for at least the first couple of years, unless they're horrible. Um, so for that reason, I, I don't think that he'll go for Becker just you know from optics alone, and I think he knows that. I also yeah. I'm, I'm I'm curious. I don't really know what Kraft's connections are like outside of Moser, 
which means that Moser's in the mix, even though geography is probably an issue. I don't think he could recruit the Northeast. I don't think he ever has. Um, and I, I guess it's it's the same thing. I don't know if there's any Temple contacts, but that's usually how it works, right? Jeremy dipped into OSU. You, you recruit from where you know. So I don't know if we're doing the search firm thing. I don't know if it's if it's you know the names I, that the I really boys are saying, not, but yeah. But you, sometimes it's like a Jim Christian. That guy wasn't on anyone's radar, and for good reason. And all of a sudden, he's the next coach. So it's going to be a roller coaster. I have my favorites, but I think one thing's for sure, Matt. No matter what happens, this is as excited. And I, I'm not trying to dump on Jim Christian. This is as excited as I've been to be a, a BC basketball fan since Reggie Jackson played here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I think to your point about, you know, the guys like, you know, you mentioned John Becker, you got Randy Bennett at St. Mary's, uh, Porter Moser, I think is the poster child for this. You know, I, I think that they'd all be better coaches than Jim Christian, but this is an opportunity to revive this program. And, you know, we, we talk now that the 22 fans and the joke, that's true because of how bad things have been over the last 10 years. This program needs a jolt of energy. I do think a guy like Isley would do that again. And it's the, it's the fan vote, which is all well and good. You know, I think there's a lot of coaches who would do that, but like for me, Porter Moser, that just, that's not going to excite me. And he very well might do a great job. And, you know, if he keeps Spinelli on, for example, when we get the Northeast recruiting, things like that, but it just feels like even Schmidt to an example, more of the same of like, it just feels like a slightly better version of Jim Christian. Can I say one other thing here too? Sure, Matt. This is important. We have now had two straight head coaches who do not wear jacket and tie on the sidelines. And I don't know that it's fair to directly draw a correlation from that. But I think if you look at you know the, success, the successful coaches, Coach K, Tony Bennett, Roy Williams, they're always in a jacket and tie. And of course, the jacket comes off when he gets frustrated. But you can go down the list of the of the 64 teams in the tournament every year. And I bet you have about 60 of them start the games with the, with the jacket and tie. The fact that we've had two straight coaches now, Donahue just did no jacket plus tie. Christian had like a weird kind of like stepdad coaching his son, his stepson CYO team thing with like just off of work with the blazer and the no tie look. It's very unprofessional. And I think that, you know, I don't know how much correlations there. I just wanted to put that out there. That to me is, is very important. It's a, it's a really good point. Um, I, I just, above all else, and I guess to that point, right. I want someone with an identity and it doesn't have to be the flex offense like Skinner, but at least Skinner had something. What would you say Jim Christian's philosophy has been? I, I wanted to ask Jeff, ask Jeff this, but we ran out of time. Like, other than, like, what do we do on offense? We have four guys hanging on the perimeter. We shoot 28 threes a game, even though we have one of the worst three-point percentages in the conference. Like, there's there's no coaching that seems to get done. We've had the same issues on defense. We've been bottom three defensively in conference pretty much every year of his tenure. We've had the worst assist-to-turnover ratio pretty much year in and year out, right? It, nothing has changed in the last seven years. I think that's the biggest piece that, like, he never tried to put his stamp on this program. Whatever coach we bring in, I want to have a clear-cut identity is, hey, we're not going to recruit the best guys. That's never going to happen in the ACC. We're going to get diamonds in the rough. We're going to get guys like Sean Marshall and Jared Dudley and Craig Smith that, you know, are, are you know, hard-nosed. They're going to play tough. These Sean Williams, right? I don't know. Like, we're going to skirt through the admissions process, right? We're going to, we're going to bring guys in. We're going to make things happen. We're not going to take no for an answer. And that's why I keep saying a guy like Schmidt that's done that for a long time really has nothing to lose other than because he's done it, right? He's done it multiple times. He's proven that he can, you know, rebuild programs. I feel like either an assistant or a guy even like Porter Moser, right? A guy that, yeah, he he had that final four run. But I want a guy that's not going to take no for an answer. And I really think we need an established coach that, you know, knows the Northeast, knows the challenges of this job. 
Um, so I really like Schmidt for all those reasons. But, you know, like we, like we keep saying, no matter who it is, we're fully behind him. Um, and, and Jim, it just, sorry, it didn't work out. Obviously, we, we, we wish you the best of luck. I don't know where you're going to end up, but, uh, it's, uh, I, think yeah. it, I think it was time. Yeah, I, I will say to the Schmidt point, I, I do think, you know, a BC guy, I, I think that there is an element of not taking no for an answer and being a little bit more willing to push back against the administration when, when you know, you're really bought in. And that's not to say any coach making whatever will pay, you know, $1.5, $2 million a year is not going to be bought in because clearly they will be. Uh, but I think that when you really have a passion project behind it, and I'm sure there's a huge element of, you know, you know look, this is my school. I want to bring it back. And I also think that there is you know, from a fan perspective and, and, you know, an attendance perspective, I do think that there is a big piece and you get the same with Isley of kind of hearkening back to the glory days, so to speak, or, or the old BC days. And you're bringing in, you know, other former players and it's kind of becoming a, a true BC program rather than, you know, this, this kind of Island on its own hill. So I do think there's, there's an, a, a, an argument there. And again, if it ends up with Schmidt, I want to be clear, I'd be happy with that, but isn't on the top of my list for a couple of reasons. I will say there is an argument to almost go the, and you know, this might be sacrilege, but almost kind of go the, the Adazio approach here. You're, you're kind of going for a, a mediocre, safer choice just to get the program off of its deathbed. You know, someone, again, the way he took it from the, from the depths of, of Spaziani to a level of respectability, you can, you know, usher in some new facilities and that's going to allow you then when your time is up, whether because you go elsewhere or because you're fired, to then get to that next tier of guy and get that, you know, hotshot assistant or a Kevin Willard, something like that, who now is willing to come because, hey, this is a team that, you know, can get to the NCAA tournament. They've got facilities, whatever. There's a lot more chips that we would have to play with at that point. So that's, that's an, I, I will say there's an argument there. That's an awesome point. I think if you equate it to football, I think in this situation, a guy like Schmidt is kind of the Adazio, the safe hire that maybe fans won't go crazy for it. But I think you know, I've, I've seen some videos of Schmidt and he's, he is, you know, a, a funny, personable guy. He's a, this hard nosed guy. Like he's, he's going to be a likable guy once you get to know him, but he's not going to jump off the page, you know, from the outset. I think a Howard Isley is sort of like a Jeff Halfley where you're rolling the dice a little bit, right? We're not ready for that yet. We cannot screw up this hire. We, it needs to be safe and it needs to be someone that is going to be committed in this for the long haul and everything we've already said. So I think that's a really good point. Is it Isley in a couple of years? Maybe. I, I mean, I, I guess we'll see what happens. I don't know how much of the success that Michigan's had to ascribe to Isley at this point, right? Obviously, the Michigan brand, he's a good recruiter, but, you know, Michigan sort of recruits itself, right? Yeah, you know, Juwan Howard's you know, obviously a, a very bright basketball mind. They also have Phil Martelli on the bench there. So it's it's one of those things like, yeah, Michigan's one of the top programs in the country, but how much of is that because of Howard Isley? How much of that could he actually bring into, you know, Boston College with all of our limitations? So that's my primary concern there. Um, it's a really, really tough gig for the first time around, the current position of this program, especially uh, hot off the presses, uh, Winston Tabs in the transfer portal. Seems like uh, Felder is going to join him shortly if he hasn't already. There's some warning signs there. You're starting with a blank slate. And uh, so you really got to be willing to build it from the ground up. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I do just want to talk about the transfers too. This is going to happen regardless. We could have had you know, 15 straight NCAA tournaments and the coach could retire and, you know, transfers could happen anytime a coach leaves. The the bonds there are are, are real and they're important. So while it sucks to lose tabs, I think he was, you know, one of one of the more talented players we've had at BC in the last, you know, 15, 20 years, just had some bad injury luck and some other things. And and then, you know, this whole tainted season, which such so a shame. And, and Felder is an absolute monster and, and that will suck if we lose him. But it kind of is the the cost of doing business at this point. You would never say, let's give Christian more time. Again, that's not even in the argument anymore of, of Christian more time. I think we we do all agree with that. I'll say, and this is maybe showing our, our basketball ignorance, perhaps. 
I think it's so different than football in the sense of when we hire Jeff Halfley, or really anytime you hire either an offensive or a defensive coordinator, you know that that position, they are the architect of their respective side of the ball. So we knew when we were getting Jeff Halfley, we were getting Ohio State's defense and, and that paid off. I don't know if it's the same in basketball of, of you know, Howard Isley is the, you know, defensive assistant and whatever schemes uh, uh, Michigan is running on defense, those are all drawn up and the game plan is all drawn up by Isley and that's going to be directly uh, transferable to, to BC. I don't know that that's the case. I don't know how it works. But again, there, there's a huge upside, I think, with Isley. And I think that to your point about satisfying the fans and, and the message board vote, there's a big, big, big draw there to just bringing him in and, and, and keep people happy. You keep it with the BC guy. He would be exciting. He'd be rejuvenating. He'd sell tickets. There'd be a lot of good things. I think his first classes would be pretty strong, you know, really be able to build on that BC brand. But, you know, again, it is, it's risky. And this is a critical hire. And, and the others, you know, we, we really have nowhere to go but, but up. So it's not to say that this next coach can ruin this program forever, but I don't really want to wait another six years until we have to do this again and then hope to get it right. Just from a, a human perspective, we need a team to watch in March. And the fact that we haven't had that since our senior year in high school is is bananas to me. An ACC school. So it's just, it, I, I'm very I'm very excited for these next couple of weeks because I think the future is as bright as it's been since, uh, frankly, the day Donahue was announced. I think everyone was psyched about that. For Donahue the was very well received. That, that was yeah, my guy. He just had a great Sweet 16 run. It was awesome. Let's shoot threes. Let's hire three point. Let's hire yeah. gutters and let's make it happen. Yeah. So, you know, but, but, but since then it's just been, this is, I think, honestly, the, the most optimistic we can be. So uh, I'm hoping we get it right. I, I, you know, it's tough to say, I really wish MJ was here to make this hire instead of Kraft. And that's no knock on Kraft. I just think that Jarmont being a former basketball player, I think would, this is like, he was built for this hire. Right. It's funny. I mean, I can remember back in 09, right. It was BC versus USC in the, in the first round. And, uh, it was a tough loss. Little Bow Wow was on the team. I was or say, Romeo. I think it was the Taj Gibson game, but I don't know that for for sure. But I think he had like twenty and fifteen against. I, I don't Which really one remember. was it? Little Bow Wow or Romeo who played on? Uh, yeah, I'm talking about Taj Gibson, who I think was their power yeah. forward. You're thinking? Uh, I'm not sure, Matt. Isn't it, you know what? Little Bow Wow or Little Romeo was on was a walk on USC hoops when they I beat us he, senior I year. I thought he was a football player. No, you're thinking Snoop Dogg son. Ah, uh, okay, got it. But yeah, we'd been on that run. And, and what was the year before we had lost to Georgetown or obviously the Villanova game, right? And it was just, I had the feeling after we lost that game, like, man, this sucks, but we'll be back next year. And then we missed it. I think we missed it once out of the next two years or something like that. I remember our freshman year, we got absolutely smoked by a Maryland team. And that's when people started saying, all right, I think Skinner, uh, Skinner's lost his touch. He lost his primary recruiters. He missed on a couple recruiting classes, right? Once the Craig Smith, Dudley, Marshall... Tyrese Rice and then Reggie Jackson. Like after that, it was what Rakim Sanders and Court Roger. Well, nice play, Joe Trapani, like nice players, but weren't gonna you know really compete. The ACC was getting better, um, but obviously it seems like there's a pretty strong consensus after the fact that yeah, in hindsight, that was a disaster of a decision to fire Skinner. So we just got to get back to that. We have to understand our limitations, but also not use it as an excuse. Is, is where I come from on that, and find a way to overcompensate not getting the best skilled guys because you're never going to, you know, out recruit the tobacco road guys. But listen, 10 teams in the ACC make the tourney of the, every year. It's not that unreasonable to want to be one of those teams every couple of years. So that's where we need to be at. Let's find the right guy and let's give a shit about basketball again. 
Uh, just to be clear, it was Lil Romeo was on the team that beat us, and it's that just, is Master P's son. Okay. I think he had a show on Nickelodeon or Disney, but it's, I haven't been able to. Nickelodeon. It's yes. just Romeo. He dropped a little, I'm pretty sure. Well, now. Now he did. Yeah. But back he's, then, he was still... He's, he's well, 30. Yeah, yeah. He's 30. Um, Actually, he, he uh, one of them hosts a show on MTV that it's really bad television, but uh, I think it's called Are You the One? I don't know if anyone watches that out there, but really good show. One. No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, All it's right. like a dating well, show, but yeah, we're going off we're going off topic. Yeah, a little here. off topic here. Matt, um, one thing I want to talk about is football. Can we just transition real quick? Do you have any last words on, on hoops? Okay, David Bailey. I want to just touch on losing David Bailey. I think it's going to be a, a much bigger loss than I think a lot of people realized. Didn't seem like that was a, a, got a big reaction for most of the fans. Maybe it's because the off season. I don't know. Well, um, it's because we got we got the West Virginia running back the next day. The the West Virginia recruit looks looks good. He's he's I don't know. He's, I mean, he's fastest. He might be faster than Zay Flowers. You know, he's kind of like he's a little guy. It's, what's his name? Sinkfield. Alex Sinkfield. Um, he reminds me of Sherm Alston. So maybe that's the role we're, we're going to play. To me, it signals a bigger thing that like the run game as we know it between the tackles is no longer a thing. So Garwo is going to have to, you know, be the, be the go-to guy. And then we'll have Levy and Sinkfield on third down, I guess. I just, I'm concerned about, about the direction the offense is going. I think Bailey is an exceptional running back when he has the right scheme, when the coaches know how to use him properly. So if our running game stinks again next year, I just want to say this, I told you so. And that's that. Okay. I think that's a, that's a good way to wrap it up. Also the uh, schedule came out, schedule came out. Yep. 12 and up. 12 and Yeah, I think that's that's all the analysis we need on that. You heard it here first, You heard folks. it here first is right. Um, all right, well, thanks again to everybody for listening. Big shout out to our sponsors, eBay. Uh, if you are in the business of buying or selling sneakers, eBay is the only place to go for that. Our friends bet online. Uh, I wonder if they have any lines on who the next head coach will be. That's something that we should take a look at. Uh, and as always, our good friends at Armchair Media and the guys at Eagle Insider 247. Quick 247 plug. The the they are built for coaching searches. Yeah. They got us through the Halfley search. They're going to get us through this one. Their their board is updated constantly. I can't recommend them enough. It's it's what it, it's the best subscription that I pay a month, and I pay about a hundred of them these days to different things that I haven't used. My Athletic just got re-upped the other day. I got an email for that. It's like fifty dollars, and I haven't read it once since the last time I bought it. I bought it for a BC article twelve months ago. And yeah, that's it, so. I only read it on the uh, the hatchet jobs where, where BC is getting criticized. Which I didn't up. even read. I didn't read. Yeah. I didn't Once read the one by Dana O'Neill. I did not read the, the, the uh, Dana Don't get me started. One. And, and no, this, is, this is for another episode. But the whole like, oh, BC never should have left the Biggies. Guys, shut up. We are so it much better off in the ACC. It's, 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 so it's not dumb. even. A, it's not even. A, it's not even an argument. It's not even an argument. Financially, business-wise, it's, it's, it is not even remotely an argument or discussion. So I agree. We're not going to waste our time on that. I'm glad Jeff didn't go down that road either. Um, Matt, anything else you have? No, I'll just say this. I mean, we, we've already kind of touched on this, but you know, we've been diehard fans for so long with BC Hoops. Or, or rather, we've tried to be diehard fans. And it has been so tough to uh, you know watch this program just fall into shambles over the last five years or so. And we're not blaming anyone, but I think we all agree it's time for a change. Um, and just just can't wait to welcome the new guy to Chestnut Hill and, and get you know our, our support full of behind him. Actually go to a couple games in Connie once fans are allowed back in. And um, I'll tell you what, it's everything's looking up right now. And uh, hopefully we hire the right guy. And hopefully we start uh, going to some tourneys. Onward and upward. What a great way to wrap it up. Matt, it's a great day to be an Eagle, folks. Uh, it's, uh, what do I say? Get in, folks.